Slam Ball Nation, an official Slam Ball podcast where we think we're going to be official. We just got the contract and there's some uh, there's some legalese that needs to be finessed in there. So we think we're going to be official. But as of today, we are official, completely dedicated to the greatest sport on the planet, Slam Ball. I'm your co-host, Brendan Kirsch, head coach of the undefeated, undisputed, 18-0 world champion mob. Maybe you've heard of us. And I'm joined by my co-host, the OG from the very beginning, day one, head coach of the Bouncers, current head coach of the Buzzsaw, Hernando Planels Jr., Coach H. What's happening, brother? Well, I'm just uh, enjoying uh, my villa, as you can tell from my background here, in my, villa, in my undisclosed location. But I uh, just want to let you know that I have now a spatula attached to the microphone. High-level stuff. So uh, for that podcast contract, maybe we could throw in a microphone holder for good old Coach Hernando. And... Let's not forget that today's episode, hopefully, maybe one day, will be sponsored by Coke Zero, the ultimate drink when you're trying to not be healthy. But it's zero calories. <laughs> there you go, Taylor. There's a plug for uh, Coca-Cola Company. We're ready to go. All right. Well, we've been joined by all types of guests through our first six episodes of Slam Ball Nation former coaches, league executives, ex-players, and we were even joined by the creator and CEO himself, Mason Gordon. But this marks a first in our very short history. That's right. We're going to be joined by two current slam ball players, and not just any players, but the first and second round draft picks for the mob, Handler, Cam Horton, and Gunner Darius Clark. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. And let me just ask you, how does it feel to be the champs? Oh, brother. Hey, it's feeling great. You know, it's it's feeling like um, feeling like winning a, you know, how a winning a championship feels. It just feels great, undefeated. You know. Yeah, man, it's, it's hard to top that feeling, man. Eighteen and zero. I feel good. I'm feeling good going on to next year. So you know what I'm saying. We're gonna try to do it all over. Run it back. I love it. You hear that, Coach? They're talking directly to the buzzsaw. They're saying they're getting ready to run it back. No, you better watch <laughs> out. I've been listen. I've been sharpening my buzz saws at the Home Depot, getting ready for the mob asses. It's like it's no problem. I've got everybody all over the country. We are sharpening the saws. Coming for you. <laughs> you got, now, today, today, the official mob team account uh, dropped the championship rings designed by Baron Championship Rings. What, what were your initial thoughts on that, seeing those for the first time? Yeah, that was clean. It looks like the... um. The um the Chiefs Super Bowl ring looks official, valid. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the only difference is the Chiefs didn't go eighteen and zero, and we did. All right, so <laughs> exactly <laughs> jumping into it, we've got a lot of listeners that are either fans of Slam Ball, players, coaches, league execs, everybody. How did you guys first hear about Slam Ball? You come from two different backgrounds. Dak, I know you did some hoops and all that stuff back in the day, but track and field primarily. Cam, you were a hooper. Tell us a little bit about how you first uh, heard of Slam Ball and what you did to get ready for, uh, for tryouts. You got it, Cam. Uh, so um, my coach, I guess it was an email. It was spam to many coaches across the United States. And my coach ran across and he was like, Hey, cause he'd been telling me before, like, I, I think you in the wrong sport. I think you should have been playing football. Cause I guess I had great footwork and I was like, man, that, that kind of hurt that, you know, I'm a basketball player. I love basketball. You telling me I should have played football. Okay, cool. That's whatever. He was like, man, I think you should go play slam ball. And of course I've watched it, um, when it was on cartoon network and, uh, you know what I'm saying? It was cool and everything. I was like, you know what? I didn't get the overseas contract. So I'm gonna go try this out. And you know, that's how, that's how I got slam ball. And so. I was kind of like in the same kind of boat. It was one of the one of my um, judges for a dunk show or dunk competition, who's also the assistant coach for the Slashers um, remix or my re, whatever we call them. Um, and yeah, he had he had uh, he had DM'd me um, back in like March, and he was like. You ever heard of slam ball? Then I was, you know, this the basketball with the trampolines, and he was just, yep. And I was like, not really. I mean, it's you know, it's been a, it's been a minute. I was like seven when it first or when it last aired, I think around there. So you know, it's been it's been a minute. But um, yeah, I got that um invitation, I guess. Then I spent that whole night, like hours, just 
you know, watching highlights and I saw some um, some highlights from Remix, the person that invited me. I was like, oh, yeah, this is valid. This is valid. And then it's hold on. Let's let's uh, let's talk about the Cartoon Network. Coach Kirsch, <laughs> first of all, we are uh, character catchers. I don't even know what you, how you call it of like real cartoons. We have gone from the low level and Cartoon Network. I love you because of He-Man, Transformers, all that stuff. But now we are on the ESPN. We should win an SB, but we're not going to talk about that later. But now, hold on. When you heard about Slam Ball, were you like, wait, you talk about that that was on uh, Cartoon Network? Is that what you were thinking? And then you watch it like, oh, my gosh, this is the real deal because Slam Ball is a an amazing sport. I'm about to get edited. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I can't wait time. to spend an hour after this just going through and editing and, and censoring and all that kind of stuff. Thanks, Coach. I apologize. <laughs> I was just yeah, it was just like that. I had that same that same reaction. But yeah, it was just it was you know it was all all a blur. Then I had been in contact with Rob the the goat um, in the off season, kind of a a pain during season, but I'm not going to talk about that. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how, you know, it's all, that's how it happened. I love it. No, and so I know you guys, you guys, we talked about it before, even though there are all these trampoline parks and sky zones and all that stuff, you you didn't spend any time at any, at any of those places, did you? Nah. Nope. Nope. Um, that was this season was my first time jumping on a trampoline in like like 20 years that's so wild Definitely. that's crazy to me so so what's going through your head like you come out on the slam ball court and you're jumping on the trampolines for the first time like how long did it take you to get used to it um the first week it was definitely the first week until i mean even leading into the second week but the first week it was just something new for me like physically and mentally especially physically i don't think i've been more sore um during any workout than or during any kind of like training than the first week of slam ball training this, mm. i guess it's because i just wasn't used to like absorbing those type of forces or i don't know what it was but yeah it was rough so yeah and 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 on top of that what Dak was saying like yeah, my body haven't really went through like a, a time period of like falling and like being that high. And Pat was telling me it was like some type of syndrome you get from being so high up in the air. I don't know what type of syndrome he was saying, a sickness or some crap. But it was something he was saying like you get withdrawals when you leave the court. And I was like, man, this is crazy. I was throwing up and doing some more crap. So it was definitely a mental challenge, physical challenge, and just an all-around challenge. It wasn't it wasn't just sweet, you know, sweet cakes and just you know, rainbows. It was, it was tough. Now talk about when you first fell, right? Because you guys are jumping higher than that. Well, I don't know. Dak jumps pretty high, but you're <laughs> like, you're jumping and then they're teaching you how to fall, which is basically, I don't want to say go limp, but you know, they don't want you to tighten up with everything else. How was that transition where you're like in control as a basketball player? And now you're like, you know what, in order for you to be safe, just fall on your ass. You're fine. I wasn't feeling it at first. I ain't going to lie. It took me a while. I ain't going to lie. I was not feeling it because I, I for some wild reason, I broke my wrist a while back. I, 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 I usually fall like this. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just an instinct. And he's like, no, just fall back on your on your back. I'm like, my head, though. He's like, man, it's a, it's a trampoline. You straight. So I'm like, yeah, you right. You right. So, yeah. But it took a while, though. It took a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was a, I forgot who told me. It was a, this is a great tip I got. Somebody told me to just cross my arms whenever I'm falling. And that's what I, mm. that's what I've been doing. And it just like muscle memory within like the first couple of weeks. And then like throughout the season, I was just like, if I'm missing a dunk or something, you're going to see me, you know, laying back across my arms. So it's just. Yeah. Looking like the undertaker. <laughs> that's what you were doing. Something like that. I'm just trying to remain injury free. That's it. That's, um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And you bring up a good point too, because a lot of people who haven't spent a ton of time on trampolines, they don't understand how hard it actually is. 
like because you're using all those stabilizer muscles and all those muscles in your legs and your back that and your core that you're, you mm -hmm. don't use any other time other than when it's constantly compacting on that trampoline so the soreness i mean it's pretty significant in the in the first few weeks for sure mm -hmm. um how was like dak i know you mentioned like you were more sore out on the court for the first week than you were doing anything else what do you guys do for treatment and how did you like get your bodies prepared to get back out there being so sore um i'm telling you epsom salt baths we had um what do you call the 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 leg boot things the thermotech or not thermotech um normatech it's normatech yeah. yeah we got the normatechs that definitely helped um and just you know just any kind of recovery method that i that i either heard of or i definitely looked up some some good recovery methods we got into some tea some tea making that helped as well but it was just different little little things every here and there stretching of course but not none too crazy yeah I, and you do anything cam um yeah uh, as far as like going to the training room uh we was doing some like pool activities and stuff but like i was just thinking about like the turnaround like if you get hurt like a simple ankle sprain or a simple elbow like your elbow get hit the wrong way you got to get that stuff back you got to get that stuff healed fast like and with slam ball it got it has to happen like almost in like three four days for you to get back and like so you don't miss that feeling of the tramps so we were doing a lot of pool workouts but mo mostly it was the normal ticks and then just simply icing mm -hmm. yeah yeah you gotta have like tons of active recovery because you're right i mean there were some guys who got injured and then never were cleared and and because you know and i don't know what they're doing in their off time but i know cam you had hurt your i think your ankle in the beginning but you and jamal because we practiced together were yep. working all the time and i'm sure you guys were working at home as well too just just to get it going with uh, with everything else in that time when you got injured was there like some fear setting in like oh man are they gonna let me back on the tram am i gonna get cut is coach gonna lose faith in me Man, yeah. Uh, I mean, yes and no. But you know, your coach San Sandy, he gave me a hard time, man. He kept talking about some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, they sending they sending boys home on that hound. I'm like, what you mean? He's talking about the greyhound. I said, man, stop playing with me, bro. Stop playing with me. They he like, yeah, man. They sending you on the hound. It's gonna take you two days to get home. I said, nah, I gotta get right. I can't. I cannot do this. So I went into that training room. It was times like I I was really working hard in there because. I, I was really trying to get back. So I really had to lock in. That was my first time actually utilizing the training room in my whole time of sport career. Like I used to go, but I used mm. to dip around in there. This was my first time going and like sitting down, like, bro, you got to do this. Every little step she say, Desiree, you need to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. For, for those who didn't know, Cam Horton was the first overall pick for the mob pick uh, four. Uh, we picked in the fourth slot, so we got Cam as our handler, and then Darius Clark uh, picked number two. But Cam came out, and in our very first team camp practice, I think it was your first takeoff, right, from the top tramp. Yes, he was wearing ankle roll guards and rolled his ankle on the pad, which kind of defeats the purpose of the ankle roll guards because <laughs> uh, you're not always in the trampoline all the time. There's actually pads and court and other parts to the court. But rolled his ankle, and how long were you out? Like two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, I, I got back maybe a week and a half before the season. And, and, and I came in and got hurt in the scrimmage because I tried to do some, some stuff outside our offense. And me and Cam popcorn, and I went flying. I said, oh, man, I'm going to have a rough year. That's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, nah, this ain't it. <laughs> I love it. All right, now we kind of jumped ahead. So you guys, you know, you guys hadn't you, – you remembered Slam Ball from what it was. I'm sure at some point you went back and started watching the old games and all that stuff. You you show up to the court and now all of a sudden you're seeing you watched highlights. You mentioned you're seeing some of these players like Stan Fletcher, Noah Ballou, Josh Carlson, like some of the guys that did it at a very high level. What were your thoughts? Did any of those old players inspire you at all? And what were your thoughts on on seeing those guys at UCLA? She, I say TA definitely and uh, Stan the man. He was like the he was like the um the Patty Mahomes of of slam ball, I felt like. You know, the uh 
<clears throat> the greatest in the um in the league. But um but yeah, it was like uh he was it was him uh TA who I like felt like I would resemble and would resemble just because we're both high flyers. Um I didn't know how I was going to, you know, if I was still going to be a high jumper on the trampolines or if it would have any kind of correlation. But just me as an athlete, I'm a, you know, I jump high, TA jumps high. So it's like that's why that's who I'ma try to be. Yeah, uh, for me, I watched um I watched a lot of Coach Baloo, Noah Baloo. He was he was he was amazing. He was um, you know, the quick king in my opinion. I feel like he he got to the back, he was efficient with his his takes. Um, Sean Anthony Jackson, it was hard not to he 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 resembled AI so much, so it was like this was Allen Iverson the slam ball. And I liked it that because, you know what I'm saying, he looked like somebody outside my window. So I'm like, I like it, Sean Inch Jackson. And Coach Carson, I liked his um, – I just liked how he played the point guard role. And that's that's kind of like the player I've been all through college just trying to be a good teammate and distribute the ball. So I fell in love with his game as well. So, uh, we uh, – in slam ball, we call that the handler position. We yeah. We do not affiliate ourselves – to the game of basketball, whatever they call it, point guard, bull crap. <laughs> Most there. You're Most a there. handler. You handle yeah. the ball, you get shit happening. Yeah, handle, big handle. <laughs> so, all right, you're at camp, you're at those guys. Did you, because people don't realize that the they brought on, what was it called, Coach? The Super 24, right? The original, yep, yep. The initial 24 players that we brought on. And then they brought in a secondary group, all that were eligible for the draft pool. So you guys, even though you ended up on different teams, we did the draft and all that stuff, you were in one kind of pool of players together for multiple weeks. Were there any kind of friendships that you forged with players on other teams during that time? And if so, who who was that? Uh, most definitely. It was, um, P, I'm pretty sure we were in P1 house group. It was like six or seven of us. And it was Ty. Um why I, I this is my first time calling him Ty. I normally call him New York, um, the stopper for the bus though. And uh <laughs> Taekwon Scott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and ba- Zoe, definitely. Uh everybody from, you know, since we're really like like after slam or after practice, we all come to the house and you know we always just chat chat and see, you know, just give every everybody you know, insight or how they feel about the sport or whatever. And then, yeah, we just kind of, you know, became, became brothers in that first, in the first couple of weeks. And then after that, they all had to get dunked on. They all had to get <laughs> all that. But, um, well, yeah. And, and you know what, but, and, and that's the thing too, like, right during the super 24, you guys all lived, you all had different houses. And then after the draft, Everybody moved into their their house with everything else. So it's an interesting dynamic because now you're not with your team right away. Like, you know these dudes already. And, you know, it's talking crap is usually on a friendly version. And then as the season goes on, it gets a little bit more. You can't get your feelings hurt um, with anything. Now, Cam, I know you're not a big Neither one of you guys, I don't know, are big to begin with. But, Cam, how do you like living with people – like seven people. Did you feel like you're back in college? Man, I feel like I was on a reality TV show. <laughs> like we, we all up in this mud. Hey, everybody got different personalities. Everybody got different tendencies. So we had to figure it out. I was with a, uh, the house where I was with was Cascade. We had Keith McGee, Big oh, T, Sean Still. Uh, we had um, Alex. He had ended up going home, but he was cool. Um, Trey Landers. Oh, uh, we had we had uh, oh, you had a loud house. Yeah, oh yeah, we had oh yeah, you had, had those a, dudes. Man, it was it was it was it was loud in there, but it was it was cool though because we learned. Uh, Mike, shout out to Mike. Um, yeah, we just had a we we had a we had a good house. You know, what I'm saying it was it was a lot of brotherly love, but um, you know, me I'm knowing business. I'm like. You know, it's it's gonna be a time we gotta we gonna all be playing against each other. And they and they reiterated that a few times. So I, I like when you tell me two or three times, I'm like, okay, this like yeah, 
we don't need to get too brotherly love because we finna go out. Yeah, it's finna get real. Yeah. It's finna get real. But I still got love for all them boys, though. Now, but now, how was the, how, like, was there a problem with the dishes? Was oh, like, yeah. was there a couple people that were like, man, yo, I cannot. First of all, you have a girl and the girl lives with you? Oh, man. Like, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Man, it was, it was, you know, boys, like, when you live with your woman, she probably going to come up behind you and say, like, she going to put that woman touch on. When you're living with a bunch of boys, men, excuse me, when you live with a bunch of men, it get real. Somebody might leave some piss on the side of the seat. Yeah, <laughs> I was a janitor in high school and college. I don't say I clean up behind no mess, but before I sit down on the seat, I'm going to make sure it's clean. You feel me? <laughs> Listen, I'm, Coach Kirsch, there is no podcast out there like <laughs> Slam Ball Nation where we are talking about jumping on a tramp, going eight to the no, and then cleaning piss on the side of the toilet. Cam, I love this, man. You are bringing us the content that the people desire. <laughs> Well, listen, that's inside audio, access, man. coach. That's what it's all about. People that's want right. the inside access. Everybody know what happened. Everybody watched the season. But did they know that Cam had to check the, the, the seat before? You know yeah. what I mean? That's We need to know that kind of stuff. That's just inside access that people are interested in. So, yeah, And it's real talk. I love that. I, love, I mean, listen, <laughs> It's real talk. I mean, we all do. We go to the public restroom. We're like, oh, man. That's what happens. Now, now, no. wait, so you're talking about this was the team house that you were living in during tryouts. We have the draft. You guys get drafted by the mob. One of the best teams in the history of the sport, in my personal opinion, get drafted by the mob. And then you move into the mob team house. So how is the mob team house? Like, tell us about that living situation. <laughs> hey, shout out to Gage, man. I'm not going to lie. He was, he was um, you know, always... You know, because I'm not going to lie. I was, I'm more of a, I, be, I become late to um practices a lot. It's a bad habit. I'm not, I don't, I can't. <laughs> but, uh, well, you were late to yeah. this podcast by like at least 10 minutes. So it seems to carry over. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Gage, he was just, you know, uh, we got to leave. At this time, about, you know, 30 minutes, 30 minutes before I would leave is when, you know, he wanted to leave. I'm, and, and that's when we that's when we left. And um, he was like the. You know, he wasn't telling us to, you know, clean. But we all saw him do a lot of cleaning, which made us be like, all right, let me let me, you know, let me clean, <laughs> clean the kitchen a couple of times because, yeah. He was a, uh, hey, shout out to Gage. Yes, yeah, but you're saying Gage was like the team mom. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. I could, I could totally see that. I hope he makes cookies next year. No, who made who? It was Cam, Cam or not? Um, not uh, it was Space. 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 Cam Holland. He was the he was the cook. Yeah, Hollins. He made some salmon. He made some steak. Uh, I don't think he made any dessert, but yeah, it, that's why that's why I think we have you know, like our team bonded as we did is because, you know, we all had like our, our our um, what do you call them, our uh, superpowers, you know, mm -hmm. Gage was the one to keep us all, keep us all you know in in check, in a way, and. Space was the one, you know, making the great foods. <laughs> Me, the one, you know, just vibing. You know, we got just Cam, vibing. You, you know, were, just... you were the one who took the biggest bedroom where your closet, <laughs> yeah. your closet for your shoes was bigger than the space that Gage Smith was sleeping in. I think so. Let's let's just throw all that out there, Dak. You know, this is a this is an insider podcast. We know what happened at the team house. You had Gage Smith. <laughs> sleeping in the damn living room that's yep. what you guys had and you had cam hollins by the way he needs to open up a restaurant because i was there for some film sessions oh, and stuff like that and i had that salmon and that salmon was some of the best food i've ever had in my life so shout oh, out to cam hollins for his good but wait well, hold on why, let's make why, a prediction why Is, are uh, you making the mvp and defensive player of the year sleep in the living room <laughs> i told him i said no first of all can't or um not space uh 
Horton, golly, y'all got the same name. Hey, Wop, 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 Wop. Wop. So we had Wop. He was the first one in the house. So he had, you know, he had first first takes on the room. So shout out to Wop because he said I can have the masters. So I'm like, oh yeah. But no, I, we told we told Gage that uh, he can have the uh, the masters for next season. For sure, unless he don't want it. <laughs> Gage is going to invite you all. You guys are all going to be living in the master bedroom. He's going to be like, come on, guys. Come on. It's okay. Just put your bed to the side. That's okay. We can all bunk in here. We can get like seven bunk beds in here. Yeah. Yeah. And then we could all just walk around the house. <laughs> I love it. No, one of the things I did want to ask you guys about, though, is um, as, as, a, as a head coach, one of the things I worried about, honestly, and coach, I don't know if you agree with this, was the fact that the season was in Vegas. Because we had um, in in early slam ball, it was ninety five percent great dudes and five percent knuckleheads. You yeah. know what I mean? And and if you had one of those knuckleheads in a city like Vegas, I mean, we were out in L.A., you could get into some serious trouble out there. And so I I know we were a little bit worried as coaches. I mean, we didn't seem to have a knucklehead in the entire group of slam ball. But talk a little bit about what you guys did um, being in Vegas when you weren't doing slam ball stuff. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We there, we do have some documented proof that there were some knuckleheads okay. on Slam Ball. But we won't be mentioning that today. That won't be talked about. Go ahead, Dak. I apologize. We're cutting you off there. We got knuckleheads. You guys ponder that for a second. I heard about some stuff. I did. <laughs> I heard about some stuff. Got bad memory. Um, yeah. Wait, what was the question? So what are you guys doing during your downtime? I mean, Slam Ball, oh. Slam Ball took up six days a week, probably what, eight, eight to 12 hours a day. When you talk about film and treatment and practice uh -huh. and driving to the venue or driving home from the venue, all the stuff that you have to do. But when you had time off on your one day off or uh, at night, what were you doing? Uh, I don't really know. We were, we were really just chilling. Like, nobody... Um, on the mob is like a, you know, a partier. Nobody really went out too often, um, especially being in Vegas. And it was, yeah, it was just a lot of chilling, a lot of vibing. You know, we have a, we have a pool in our backyard. We got, you know, it's not too much that we need to go out and go do. We did go to, um, to the mountains one time. We went to the mountains, uh, got in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> real talk, though, real talk. Well, you did four wheeling, yeah. didn't you? Huh? You guys did four wheeling in the mountains, didn't you? Oh, that was a different time. I didn't go that time. I think I didn't go that time either. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, we just drove gotcha. up, drove up to some mountains. I know. I know you did a lot of driving. I'll tell you that because uh. I know you were over on your rental car miles. Uh, there was no small issue made about that. So you were definitely over on the unlimited rental car miles. So shame on you for that. And then also, what do you need five times the gas cards that everybody else needed? I mean, what were you guys doing? We had to go. All right. So here's our, all right. So we had to get groceries. You no know, drama. some of us was like, I want to go to, you know, Sam's and then others, you know, I want to go to, to Walmart. So it was just stuff like that. Just grocery shopping. Um, and like you said, Coach, unlimited gas car. Unlimited. Unlimited. Uh, yep, that is true. Unlimited, well, unlimited mileage, not gas car, but mileage. Yeah. And we, yeah. we at one point we was like, well, all right, we'll throw some of our cheese in there. They like, nah. I would love right. to hear the debate between Sam's Club and Walmart because they're owned by the same person. But that's fine. I mean, you guys could debate that all you want. Sam, Sam's got the best steaks. They got the best bulk. Like if you if you're bulk shopping, we go into Sam's. But if we're you know late night midnight snack, Walmart it is. <laughs> hey, the mob stayed in Sam's too, man. We need a sponsorship. Shout out I'm to sure. Sam's Club. Oh, Sam's there and you go, Taylor. Beans. We've got Coca Cola and Sam's Club for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing your job for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've talked a little bit, mob team house, all that kind of stuff, what you guys did during downtime. We open up ESPN, national TV, ESPN, 8 p.m. tip on the, east, on the East Coast, 
Mob vs. Rumble, night one. You go from practicing in a warehouse to playing on national TV. How nervous were you guys? Mm-hmm. I was a nervous wreck the first quarter. The first five minutes of the game, I didn't know what was going on. Then I got all tired. <laughs> when you're nervous, you get tired. So it was a, it was a disaster, personally. <laughs> it definitely it was. It was tough. I, I ain't going to lie. Out, out the gate, I went ahead and just fouled somebody. I like, you know what? I got to get it in the face off. That's the only way I'm going to be able to. Because I, I thought about it. I was like, if I go out there trying to score like Kobe, I'm going I'm to I'm shoot myself out the game. So I like I gotta go up. I gotta I gotta I gotta find somebody quick. And I found at, at the time, shout out to um shout out to Big Dog for for the rumble. Um what's his uh, what's his name? I'll be forgetting names, coach. Who was it? Tamira yes. Kill? Not no, not T C shout out T C but um <laughs> the number two pick. Kalen Tippetill. Number three. Not no, Hill, we're talking about um Bakari. Bakari. Bakari Copeland. Yeah, so I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh, I done fouled the wrong person. But I already get it in the face off. I already get it in the face off. And yeah, I went up there on the face off. And then after that face off, that got his dunk. Man, we went on a run. I said, Oh yeah. Yeah, here. you won by like 50. Yeah, but you don't want to see what happened after that, man. No, I was about to say that wasn't <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to know what happened after that. It, it's, it's, it's not out always somewhere. the final score. You know what I mean? It's not always about the final score. Sometimes it's just about making sure that you're you're running offense at a high level. You know, and I ain't gonna lie, Coach. I oh didn't my know gosh, this. I didn't, dramatic music. <laughs> I didn't understand that until Slam Ball, like, because I never really been on a winning team, so I had to understand, like, it's not about them first few games. We got to be sharpened by this, by this last. Like, we need to be well seasoned by this last to go around. And yeah, so that helped me understand that a lot. Yes, well, how how do you, how did you feel about the game? Because you're nervous as hell. You said you play the first quarter. I saw you guys were so gassed. I mean, we did more substitutions in that quarter than most most games combined. Uh, so I saw you guys were gassed. Eyes were wide as saucer. Same for the rumble, though. I mean, to be put in that situation where you're coming out of a warehouse and you're being thrown on national TV to play the very first game that Slam Ball's played in 20 years. I mean, that's there's some pressure there. So how how was the game? When did it slow down for you? And uh, and what was the experience like overall um after that first game really because it was just how we how we not how we played but how we by the amount we won by it kind of gave us some some confidence uh and that kind of took a lot of the a lot of the stresses away and yeah it was just less it was like week after week game after game it was it was just becoming more more normal and then by the end of the season, it was just like I'm more, you know, actually like excited to uh, get on the court rather than nervous. So it was just mm. just a, yeah. a compound interest of of winning. Yeah. For me, um, I say I was nervous up in, after the first game, but I seen how how well my teammates was picking up slack. So I was like, oh man, like not saying I could just make these careless mistakes, but when you got Dak and Gage down there doing what they got to do, it's like, okay, let me figure out myself in these little times, but let's do it in, in mm. within the offense because I got some guys that's going to back me up. Cam Hollins, Brandon, Unk, uh, Bird getting there doing this thing. So, <laughs> every time, Coach, this is this is like an inside mob joke, but every single time Deontay Bird did anything, he might be walking around the team house or getting in the car <laughs> or like changing his shoes or he's at practice like Duncan. Everybody had their own uh, unique bird sound. So mine would be. <laughs> oh, my. I wouldn't be surprised if everybody just turned off the podcast right now <laughs> after they hear Bird sound. Hey, that's when Bird got that. He got that Odell Beckham block. Uh huh. That's right. Crazy. That's right. Oh yeah. All right. So we practice with the buzzsaw. It's pretty well documented. Uh, training camp, team camp. We were lucky enough to be paired up with the buzzsaw. Mm. Now I didn't keep. We didn't keep exact records, but I think the buzzsaw kicked your ass half the oh, time in the scrimmage. What? What were your <laughs> thoughts on that? 
I'm no. a, I think the buzz, buzz saw y'all ain't gonna lie. It was it was live that first day. I remember TA came in there. TA said he said y'all shut up talking that smack and just play slam ball. He just got he started oh, getting bro, in there. Like, I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't playing and I ain't gonna lie. I think like you know what I'm saying. But I was still was, uh, me and Sandy was like this. Like for about two weeks straight, me and Sandy was at it. So we going <laughs> at it every time we do something, we going crazy. Every time Buzz I'll do something, they going crazy. And then I think after that day, it just got – I think y'all might have won one more time. But then one day, I think we went on like a 60-point scoring streak. We ain't we missed no point. <laughs> I promise you. That was – shout no, out to that gauge and, and all the boys that was out there. You, you, you didn't miss some points, but, I mean, we can't score. So we just have to be physical. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all – I mean, this amazing offense that I put together, because it is my fault. Like, it's just like we, we – we couldn't score. So when Kurt is always like, oh, man, the bus out was whooping ass. Man, they go to hell with that. He was, you know, you, I, you, you guys, listen, I was like, we got to go ahead and we got to continue to train at a high level with these guys. And our guys are going to come around. And, and we did, right? During the course of the year, everything else, with, with it, it worked almost until the championship game. The slashers got in the way because it was, again, horrible coaching by me. But – like, listen, like you guys, man, I, I always say this. Like, Cam comes down, he jumps on the island. And I told you this, Cam, we adjusted our defense because of you because Cam would get on the island and we adjusted, said, all right, that the person guarding Cam or the handler got to get to the baseline, get some steals off that stuff. And the thing about you guys is that you guys really competed but executed. So you weren't like other teams throwing the ball off the, the plexiglass. Because you would just get that damn lob anyways. I'm like, Shit. well, they're messing up my defense. All right, well, we got to go to another plan. And yeah. then that plan didn't work. And then we went to another plan. And that plan didn't work. So, yeah. but it's trial by error with everything else. But no, and that's the thing where I think that teams don't, and I don't know how many coaches and teams are going to say, it, right? We have to adjust based on the teams. Your guys had obviously your strengths. We were trying to adjust with it. You are adjusting to it and going at a higher level. The other teams... We're all trying to play catch up, and I think, you know, slashers and us are are closer. Where there's still a gap because you guys were just ahead on the offensive side. Yeah, and uh, to that point too, coach. A lot of teams started doing that, thinking that I was just gonna go to the island. So that's why Coach Curse used to get on my ass like, "Hey, you got yeah. the quickest step in this league. You need to start losing it." So I was like, "You're right," and and it was like I was scared because I was scared. I, I, Taekwon big down there. I'm gonna be real. When you going at him, <laughs> you you take the one the wrong way, you could end up on that wood falling on your elbow. So, but it was just like when you go quick, man, you gotta have no fear. You just gotta yeah. go. You'll be all right. Yeah, that's what You'll it comes right. down to. Yeah, yeah. It is fearlessness, and that's what I don't think I ever used the f word before, Cam. I mean, Ooh. oh no, know, no, my bad, Coach. That was about, that's but, all. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm animated. I'm animated. But, uh, but I do remember in a game, I do, I'll tell you a story about Cam Horton. I remember in a game, he's, he's, he's going to the island, he's reading the stopper, he's throwing the lob. And every once in a while, I just want, you, you know, you're trying to show different attacks. You're trying to show every stopper different variations of the attack. And I just want him to go quick because Cam Horton got so good at like going quick. And I tell mm-hmm. him, I'm like, you need to go quick a little more often. We were in like the second quarter. He hadn't gone quick. And I looked at him. He was coming up the floor and I was like, are you scared to attack? Are you scared? <laughs> and you should have seen the look he gave me. Like, I'm surprised he didn't come over and just knock me out on the sidelines. And he, on the very next play, went as fast as he could, dunked all over. I forget who it was. And then probably had, like, three more quicks in the next minute and a half. And I had to pull him out because he was gassed. And he was looking at me like, I'm not scared to attack, Coach. I can't believe you would say something like that to me. <laughs> those those, those, those are the best stories. Those are the best yeah. stories. When coaches get on a player, and the player just looks at the coach like, what the F are you talking about? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. but sometimes you need that. Sometimes I'd be screaming at all my guys, like, I need you. I don't know what the – I'd be screaming at Malik. I'm like, because Malik would go ahead and try and duck everything one-handed. I'm like, two hands. Two hands, damn it. He's like, my, uh, my bad, coach. And then when he does it, I'm like, you see? I'm not crazy all the time. Maybe 95% of the time. 5%, I give you some good coaching stuff. You should listen to my 5%. It's tough. It is real. Now, now how, how, what team do you think matched up best with the mob? I mean, we played everybody multiple times. Was there a team that you mm. thought, hey, this is, a, this is a pretty good matchup or better than some of the other teams? 
I feel like it's the lava. It's either the lava and, and or the um or the slashers. Mm. Both got some good offense. Yeah. How was uh how how was Tony Crosby hitting? That's what I want to know because everybody he he led the league in hits because the number of hits yep. that he laid. He's a small guy, but I don't think people realize how strong he is. Like who? I guess here's my question: Who out of everybody in the league would you like to be hit by the least? Who on the lava? What's his name? Big uh, Josh. Goodness gracious! That's one. Yeah. So with Tony, he he's a cheater. He cheats. <laughs> <laughs> If, he's, if I'm if I'm in the air, then he's like, oh, perfect. Now's the perfect time to um to hit to hit whoever's in the air. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, he you know he hits, but not not a lot of not a lot are legal. Will I say? Mm. Now, um, he did give me a good couple times, but Shockley, I feel like he's a he's you know, um. He's a just a hard hitter. He like has yeah. a lot of momentum because he's like he's coming at you fast and he's already, you know, strong. So it's like, dang. But luckily I didn't I don't think I got hit by him last season. So Tony, Tony, Tony is a is a cornerback in football that's smart, that can hit, not really knock you out, but he he pick his spots where He'll get you. He, it, 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 it'll take toll on you. So he a smart hitter where, where it's to the point where he know when to kind of sneak in certain hits to make you feel it. Shockley is more like your um, – He's like Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, old school like, football. Like he don't care about nothing. He just want to – he's going to run through you. And that's like, – like, like Dak said, that momentum is scary, but at the same time, it could hurt you. It, it hurt them a few times or them them just lunging out thinking they just finna take us out like we weren't prepared. So, you know, to each his own, it may work. For some of you future slam ball players, it may work, it may not. You just gotta figure out what you do best and, and bring it to slam ball. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think you hit a point on because there are some guys who are just I mean, trying to lay people out, but that just gets you more tired. Yeah. Like cause you're trying to chase people around, like you gotta be really good. You two guys are great just protecting yourself and just avoiding and you know that low contact just to keep going over and over again but yeah if you try to hit someone really hard all right you're gonna show up on espn but you know what you're gonna be damn tired and more than likely you're gonna lose you're gonna lose that's facts that's facts i agree like the one thing i always tried to teach our players is you don't need to blow a guy up you just need to take a guy out of the play Mm-hmm. Like we had this play that we ran again and again. It was like a play that we would run out of our secondary break called Dragon. And in it, Gage Smith would like pop to the wing. He would distribute the ball and then he would release back down to the defensive side of the court. And we specifically had him releasing to go blow a guy up in the middle of the court. But it was so often he didn't actually have to blow the guy up. Like there's no point mm-hmm. in intentionally trying to hurt somebody. It's like just take him out of the play so that we get our score. Right. I think I think most of the slam ball players got that because it really is a brotherhood at the end of the day. I mean, you're 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 wanting to win games, but you're not wanting to hurt other players at the same time. But there were a couple guys for sure that they were going out there trying to hurt people. I think there's one or two of those guys. We ha- we had rules meeting. Co- Coach Coach H and I had rules meeting with the with coaches and some of the league executives. And one of the things that we talked about was um, there's going to be two different types of fouls in slam mm-hmm. ball next season, just like there is in the NBA, a flagrant, flagrant. one and a flagrant two, yeah. um, in addition to all the other types of fouls, so that if there is some type of egregious hit with an intent to injure or something like that, a player's going to be ejected, points are going to be awarded, all that stuff. So it That's smart. It up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's smart. Well, Coach, like you was, uh, I, I want to piggyback on uh, your, what you were saying. Um, some, like, some players, like, I started to see emotion kick in towards the end, mm-hmm. like, You'll be cool with somebody, like I'm like I'm not throwing shade at nobody, but you'll be cool with somebody. But by around the time it started to get to like, all right, it's the playoffs now. Like you'll see, like you, it, it wasn't the same. So it's like, okay, you gotta really protect protect yourself, and you gotta still hunt because your man, he's still your man. Don't get me wrong, we still brotherhood. But like I start to see like that looking and and the wolves, the wolves, they hungry. So mm-hmm. it's like you gotta be ready too. I started to see that look in folks' eyes. I'm like, oh, yeah, so it's that time. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the one thing I was most worried about. I talked to Coach H about this. Um, he, funny enough, because Coach H doesn't think that the the, the buzzsaw, remember, Coach, we were talking about it because we played each other so much during the preseason. Yeah. And then we play each other during the regular season. And you were like, these guys aren't hitting each other. Like, they're just <laughs> yeah. buddy. They're not hitting each other because they became brothers during the preseason. Yeah, they're and like, oh, it's my boy. Y'all was slick, man. Y'all had good handling play. Like, it, it wasn't as easy to blow somebody up as they think it is. Like, yeah. trying to get your hands on Terrell, like, I done seen them make people look silly. So you got to really yeah. – it, it wasn't that. It was just, like, it was – sometimes it was people making good moves too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned, I yeah, learned and- my lesson on trying to, like, hit people during the preseason – practicing with the buzzsaw in like the first game. And I know um, coach was telling me, he told me, you know, I don't need to exactly hit people. Like if we're on defense, my number one goal of my number one, um, you know, job is just to either keep my, keep my guy from entering the tramps and, you know, you can do mm-hmm. that without blowing somebody up or just, um, or, you know, just just being aggressive without blowing somebody up. Because I tried to I tried to get a couple hits in early on, and it never worked. It just never worked for me. It's either they got past me, or if you watch the the Rumble game, I tried to hit Bakari, simply didn't work. He, he yeah. just he just <laughs> didn't feel it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just so it's like. But for me, slam ball, it, you know, it doesn't have to be about you know hitting. Although you see a lot of big hits, it's more, or to me, it's just more spacing, being in the right position, making sure the person you're guarding doesn't get to where they're wanting to go. So it's just, a, you know, that's a part of the strategy of the game. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah, football that's side of it coming in because every hit in football ain't going to just be, you know, sometimes you got to you got to just get somebody sure. down. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the fun of it as well. Yes, I, I agree with that one. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna try to get a couple hits in next year, though. Not gonna lie to you. Oh yeah, we we owe Tony some for that. That he tried that last game. I'm telling you, yeah, man, that was wrong, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, that was wrong. Now there there is like we we talk about it a lot. There's a strategic opportunity to hit when there is. You know what I mean? Right. When 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 a guy has the ball and you have ability to blow him up and separate him from the ball, that's the most important part. Like totally get that. But off the ball, it's more about just disrupting timing. You know what I mean? It's it's like if you're a slam ball fan and you're watching the game and you're watching off the ball defense, it's more you're going to see people just disrupt timing because you're talking about a very small window of, of a second where you're trying to hit a guy on the way up and then it's too late. So if you can just disrupt the timing on the weak side, that's really what most of it's about. Yeah. All right. So who do you think is uh, what Coach Coach H and I love to have this conversation? It's one of our favorite topics. It's rivalries. So uh, <laughs> who do, who do you think is the mob's rival? Do we have one, or are we still looking? Lava got my vote. I vote lava. I, I feel like we got two. I feel like the lava and and um, I feel like the lava and the slashers most definitely. Like that's that's one. I, 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 I disagree with both of you guys. Like, there's no rivalry. You can't have a rivalry if you haven't lost. Like oh, what? It feels. I, I'm not gonna. It feels like it doesn't feel like we lost, but it feels like we have the most to prove. I don't know if it's just you know if it's just <laughs> me. No, but it's like no. It's a lot. So there's a lot it's of a like. Lot there was a they lot of not disrespect. Yeah, there you go. I'm telling you. Uh, listen, I understand. Listen, you guys just picked two teams that Coach Kirsch decided to pick a fight with either a coach <laughs> or a player on either one of those teams. I, Which, I, listen, I, I get it. Erroneous. I, I, pay erroneous. I pay attention to every moment. And yep. I've seen, you know, after the championship game, I'm trying to soak all this in. But the, the competitor and me still going. And I look over yeah, there yeah, at, yeah. I look over there at the Slash's bench and I see uh Zoe and he got that look in his eyes. He looking he looking at us like he wanted like he'll be back next year. So I'm still in my mind like we hey it's still hey look we celebrate now but like I'm yeah, telling you know. I know these boys I see the look so I'm like okay I, I know what's going on I know what we gotta bring because I see it I'm looking at it. So that make us you know even more hungry listen for the next season. I seen it. I just want to see the look in their eye right now 
on December 10th or whatever this day is today or 12th that we're <laughs> recording this. I want to see the look in their eye now. I want to see that look. I mean, I don't think the look is there. I don't think the oh. look is there. Oh. I don't think the look is there. Well, now oh, we got not in December. Not in December. This was a look. See, it's a different. You got a look of like there was a look of like anime trying to get revenge, get back. Like I seen it, but I'm on. I'm on that time too, though. Like we on that time too. Like you got to come. We want it too. So because it's a lot being said. I seen. I seen some 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 stuff posted by uh, Quantum Roberts. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. The, oh yeah. Some yep. stuff. Who who who? Uh, some guy like who was the most underrated? I mean, overrated player in slam ball. They talking about it's a few guys on the mob. They feel like gotta still prove themselves and stuff like that. And it's right after we won. Hey it's man, right after we won. Haters gonna hate and ain'ers gonna ain't. That, that's the bottom line right there. Yeah, that's real. Cool. No, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Now this is this is not gonna be a popular pick. I hope we're not undefeated again. Whoa. Like in the beginning. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because when we got to 14-0 and 0 and we played in game 15 and 16 and then the semifinals and the finals, did you guys not feel like guys were hitting you a little bit harder or, or maybe, maybe hitting you a little bit later than they normally would have? Like every single team wanted to beat your ass so bad. You had the biggest target on your back. Like that, if you had lost in week two, nobody would have cared. You know what I mean? So we wouldn't have been undefeated, it, though. We wouldn't have had the ring that says – 18 and 0. True. No, I'm proud of you guys. I have the <laughs> utmost respect for you. But man, I was worried. I talked to Coach H about this. I was like, yeah, man, I, I'm telling you, cheap shots are going to start coming. And yeah. they're going to they're start coming a plenty because somebody's going to want to kick you off the mountain. You yeah. know what I mean? So I was worried for you guys. Well, and, and it's, it's, it's always going to be like that. And, you know, from Coach Kirk's perspective, you guys are players. Coaches always want things to kind of like chop us, chop the players down a little bit because it's just like anything, right? We get complacent, you know, with, with, with everything else. And it'll be interesting to see next year, new players are coming in, right? What players are kept on different teams and then how hungry they are with, with, with everything else. And then the other part, which I think players struggle with, when things are different, when the team is different, players like, oh, man, this ain't the same as last year. Well, sh- grow up, right? You know, like those are things that you guys have to say to your teammates or new teammates. Oh, I didn't drop anything there, Coach Kirsch. Or even with my guys. Like, you, gotta, you, you know, who knows? You don't really know. And that means like the core group, like you guys are the core group, are going to have to bring everybody together along with Mama Gage Smith cookie, making cookies and cleaning the house <laughs> and everything else. And the same yeah. thing with my team, the bus saw like, hey, hey, this is what we do. It's up to you to, to, to bring them. Like that's going to be, for me, the more exciting, interesting part. And, and I want to see which coaches do a better job. Well, the biggest thing I think it is when you want to, if you, and I'm speaking for the mob specifically for players like, and I know coach, and coaches will do their, their job and, and, and evaluate these guys 100% all the way through. But you you have to real life sacrifice yourself when you want to join with us because you know it it was it was it was never one person bigger than the team. We really took this as you know as a brotherhood. So it, it won't you know it, it's not the James Harden like you want to be James Harden. You probably want to go to the Rumble maybe I don't know somewhere somewhere on that side of the street. But over You're here, right man, though. you got to really sacrifice yourself and, and become. You know, really the mob, like pump that mob blood through you. You got to take your blood out your body and put mob blood in your body. Yep. I love this, it. Th- these sound bites are I'm, tremendous. These, <laughs> these sound bites <laughs> are tremendous. What he says is true because I showed yeah. up for the championship game, the semifinals and the finals, and I was like, I'm going to wear black on black with a red carnation because I'm dressing for somebody's funeral and it sure as hell ain't going to be ours. And I'm thinking to myself, didn't tell a soul about any of that. And I get to the arena. And guess who's wearing black on black with a white carnation? Sean Inches Jackson. And I was like, mob for life, my brother. And he's like, <laughs> coach, we're going to do it. Like, I'm telling you, some of our ex-players, coach, they actually felt the wins and losses. Like, when I turned yeah. my phone on after a game, when I got home, turned my phone on, like, the first people to text me would be, like, LaMonica Garrett, Kevin Cassidy, Chris Robbins, <laughs> like, all those old guys, Patrick Paul, like, hey – was really proud of Cam Horton or, or whoever it was like this game. It was, it was pretty cool, pretty cool experience for sure. Well, and, and I think Cam, you hit it on the head because really, if you do look at the way the mob played, 
is that you guys distributed. You did have guys who understand what their role was. And that's a hard thing to do. Like the slashers, you knew that Tony was going to go ahead and get the ball. Mm. You know, uh, on these other teams, you knew like the Griffs, you know who's going to get the ball, the Rumble, et cetera. With that, um, the bus saw, we were just hoping we were going to score two points. But that's besides the point. The thing is, like, but you guys, like, sacrifice. And I think you guys sacrifice. I think my guys sacrifice. And I, and I don't know how many other teams, and it's not a knock on any other team whatsoever because teams are built the way they're built. But you right. guys did a really, really good job of really, and that's why I like Cam. I love these sound bites because I, I know it's the truth. And any championship team needs to have that. You have to sacrifice and you have to buy into what the team is doing. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. So here's the big question. I'm not. I'm. I'm throwing wood on the fire here. But uh, in, in the words of John Trippin, can anyone beat the mob? Is anybody going to beat us in Series Seven? I'm trying to tell you, the closest game is going to be like 22. We're going to win by like 22. That's going to be the closest. Oh Coach Kirsch is about to have a heart attack. <laughs> but so, but is loving it. Locker room material. At the same time. Hey, we already got the target on our back, so it's like you might, hey, at this point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we might as well embrace it. Yeah, you might as well. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Where, you know, I know Coach thinking, H. Man. Coach H going to be coming up with something. Like, I knew it. What did I tell you guys before we played the buzzsaw the second time? I was like, Coach H is always tinkering. He's going to look at something. He's going to try something. He's going to try to take us out of our game plan. And that was the very first time we saw – Two dudes double teaming Dak off the ball the entire game. <laughs> I was like, so, man, I know, what was I know you're going to be scheming, coach. but we you, right, like we got to try, and I think that's the other part. Like you tried your stuff, I tried different stuff. Like as a coach, you've got to try different things, especially when you're playing against high powered offenses, even if it's gimmicky. I was like, go get Dak. We did that with the slashers. Go get Tony because. Shoot, you cut off somebody, maybe you have a chance. But, you know, I have to figure out something. I may have to, like, sneak in a fifth or sixth guy out there on the court <laughs> underneath the tramps. Hey, the Lava, I I know the lava that tried on. that once. Yeah, the Lava tried that once. They had an injured guy down there, and when it was coming back, where they had to get back on defense, they just threw a fifth guy out of the court. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> the Lava games were heavyweight, heavyweight knockouts, man. They was, that was yeah. some real – that was – Those that are good games. Yeah, um, they're a good team. I mean, the thing about the Lava is I, I will say they were injured so much. Like, yeah. they didn't get their whole team healthy until the end. And Coach Carlson did do a good job of, like, those tweaks at the end uh, he where he, he modified their offense, and, and they ran it pretty, pretty effectively there. Stack one. But what I will say is just for mob fans out there, like, the, the one thing that we went through the entire season, it's hard, and Coach H knows this. He probably does a much better job of it, actually, than, than I do. But it's really hard to enjoy the experience while the game is going on because there's mm. so much that you're focused on, so much that you're watching. And I was stressed. Like every single morning of a game day, I would go on a long walk and I'd be thinking about strategy and all the things that I needed to tell you guys and all those types of things. But I will say in the finals game, because we were up by so much towards the end for that entire last quarter, it was one of the most, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in Sandball mm. because I knew we were going to win. I was able to substitute kind of with whoever it didn't matter. It was like whoever needed a break. And I really, that was the only quarter of slam ball I've ever been able just to watch and enjoy what you guys had accomplished. Like watching mm. you play at such a high level with the hearts that you guys have just so much appreciation and respect and admiration and truly love there for you guys and what you accomplished. And I'm talking to you two and the entire mob team. So, appreciate you guys not only being on this podcast but certainly with the commitment that you made slam ball of course we appreciate you coach most dev coach all the no, way i'm gonna start crying i mean start, hold on, man. <laughs> there you go all coach. The way, man kleenex taylor we need a sponsorship sport, with kleenex <laughs> <laughs> no i tell you what from an opposing coach and I, I i i do enjoy games a little bit more than coach Kirsch does but i i watching you guys and I think it's, I mean, not only, you know, I've known Coach Kerr for such a long time, but being able to practice with you guys and then like rooting you guys on, except against us, right? Like that's just the way it is. But watching it and watching it go through it, like was, was awesome. 
And, and as a coach, you just learn different things. And listen, this season, you guys were freaking unbelievable. I give you all the love, all the props in the world with everything else because it really, it really was fun to watch except when we played against each other. But besides all the other parts, it was, it was really great. And it's a, it's a true testament of the coaching, the, the teaching, but also the execution and the buy-in of all you guys. And that, again, I'll say it again, like I said earlier, like coaches, players, you want to know how to win? You got to sacrifice. Yeah, and you got to execute. You do those two things, everything else could fall in place for you. That's facts.